welcome to Just a Girl from the South Bronx podcast with your host, Crystal. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. So let's get started. I know that I have talked about a variety of topics from childhood trauma to dealing with dating apps to things that have happened in the workplace. And so I had briefly touched on this particular topic, which we will discuss today in previous episodes, but I definitely wanted to expand on it because I found some very interesting information that I thought would be very useful. And so I am talking about imposter syndrome. This particular subject is very close at heart to me because sometimes I still kind of struggle with it. And I know that there are so many people that do, especially uh, with with how everything has been moving. And of course, as I've, as I've mentioned, there have been many job layoffs, especially in a lot of these uh, huge, uh, big name companies. And so I hope that this particular episode will kind of uh, feel like a healing, therapeutic uh, <laughs> kind of guideline in, in how we navigate in terms of in terms of the job search. Because let's just be honest here, a lot of these tech companies that are doing these huge layoffs in like two, three months, this is just my guess, in like two, three months, these same companies are probably going to be looking to hire people all over again. And I say this because, of course, I'm showing my age. I recall this happening, I believe, in 2008 when we had that recession. And a lot of companies were doing the exact same thing, laying off a whole bunch of people. And then just a few short months later, started rehiring people, probably paying less than what they were offering uh, the employees from in the past. So... I know with now that we're in this new year and we're getting into the groove of things and we have these new goals that we want want to reach in terms of career goals, you know, we think differently when we were in our 20s versus when we were when we were in our 30s. Now, unless you were in some sort of like concentrated field, like for instance, you knew you wanted to be a teacher, you knew you wanted to be a doctor, you knew you wanted to be an engineer. And of course, you knew the steps that it would take to reach that level within your career, what type of position you saw yourself having, what type of people you wanted to work with, the the companies or the districts or whatever, whatever you had in mind for your personal goals. And so let's just start off by saying this. People have mentioned imposter syndrome for for many, many years. But for those who don't know, imposter syndrome, in in short terms by definition, is basically that feeling of inadequacy, feeling that we're not good enough to achieve certain things or to have certain things. But I'm going to talk about it in the perspective of career choices and, and how we navigate in the workforce. I say that this particular subject is near and dear to me because this is something that sometimes I still struggle with even at my age in my 30s. I definitely, I would say I definitely struggled with it a lot more in my 20s because I was still trying to figure myself out and where I fit myself in, in terms of what box I wanted to put myself in. Or maybe knowing that I didn't want to put myself in a box because I felt that I would somehow restrict myself from seeking out other opportunities that may be more fulfilling for me. And so in my early 20s, I was taking all of these um, 
media classes, writing for TV, learning about film, learning about dance and film. I think I mentioned to y'all, I attended an artsy school uh, back in New York. And so these were these were like the courses that I was typically taking. And I knew for sure, for sure, I wanted to work in like the whole communications media because I always thought, you know, having a communication arts degree is really broad. And so maybe I can go many places with it. Fast forward to now, I feel the way that these companies are looking to, uh, in a sense, hire new employees. I'm just going to be honest and, and I'm just going to be frank. I found that with just doing my research, a lot of companies in the South, in particularly, in particular, let me correct myself, in particular, uh, Georgia, I felt like at times they were lowballing people with their salaries. Meaning, if I were to compare another city with that same title, I would probably get double of what they were offering. And yes, I have put into consideration that the cost of living may be higher in that particular city compared to whatever other cities in Georgia. But at the same time, inflation is affecting every major state and city across the board. So Georgia is not immune to it. So the fact that a lot of these companies in this particular state are wanting to pay people such a low salary and then still expect people to keep up with the times, even though inflation hit everyone pretty hard. I mean, like I said, we've seen it in in the grocery store chains alone, like how much the cost of eggs will be now and 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 milk and all this other stuff. Like just the other day I went to the store and I wanted to get a jar of mayo because I, I haven't had any in a while. And I said, let me just get some. I looked at the jar, the regular size jar that I would typically typically get that was usually like maybe five and change. They were asking for seven and change. And I'm just like, wow, like this is how you know, like we really have to be like we really have to keep up with the times. And unfortunately, I found that a lot of companies, not all, I found that a lot of companies in particular, in this particular state, did not want to pay people compared to what most states or cities are paying for that particular title. So that was just something that I found very interesting. But moving on, we're talking about imposter syndrome. So like I said, is the the feeling of a feeling inadequate, not feeling like you've reached your your level of, of success, not feeling like you're good enough to have certain things or to achieve certain things because of whatever reason. And so I discovered that there are actually five types of imposter syndrome personalities, if you will. And this was actually a study by a woman named Dr. Valerie Young, who is the co-founder of the Imposter Syndrome Institute. And so um, she was able to categorize this in in five, five groups. Now, before I break down into the five groups, I would like to briefly talk about why I feel I sometimes struggle with imposter syndrome. And for me, I really, really noticed my imposter syndrome moment 
Because, you know, sometimes when you are not, now when you outside of that situation and now you're taking a step back and you're looking and reflecting at what happened, now you're, you know, you're being a little bit more self-aware of, of, of your thought process and your belief system. Again, y'all, this is supposed to be a personal development podcast. So this, this is this is my goal for 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 all of us to for me to share my personal stories with you and hopes and in hopes that it will, you know, help you along your journey. And I noticed my own imposter syndrome when I had a meeting with my mentor. So I signed up for this mentoring program. First of all, I didn't even think that I would have been selected because I thought maybe they would have wanted someone a little bit younger, maybe someone who's fresh out of college um, or, you know, just someone who's like in their early to to mid 20s and, and is looking to you know, pivot in their career. So that was like my first indicator of like the whole imposter syndrome. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'm too old for this program. So that proved to not be the case because when I followed up on with one of the representatives, they said that they haven't made all the final applicants yet because of course they have to match each mentee with a mentor. So they were still in the process. So I guess for me, I was just getting antsy because I saw this as a great opportunity to match with a mentor who was already in the field that I was trying to get into. And so I can learn some tips through her and just kind kind of like pick her brain a little bit and and see, um, just throw, throw my portfolio, throw the ideas that I had and just get some really professional, strong feedback. So after waiting a little bit more, I found out that I was selected. Matter of fact, one of 200 applicants, 200 plus applicants from what I was told that I was selected and I was matched with a mentor. I was able to match with my my mentor and off rip, she told me that she is French British. So with their culture, they are a little bit more blunt compared to from an American standpoint in terms of how we talk and communicate with each other. So immediately I can feel like the bluntness. And I know sometimes bluntness can kind of come off as being rude. And I don't think that's an an intentional thing again with their culture. It's just, that's just part of who they are and how they communicate. And so I said, I'm going to go into this with an open mind, hear her perspective, because sometimes we really just don't need to hear the whole sugar-coated version. Sometimes we just need a straight shooter. And that's basically what she was. So when I matched with my mentor, I was able to get some really strong feedback. I took some notes, saved it on paper, saved it on sticky notes, saved it on my computer. Like I was just saving it everywhere. And then I was making corrections to my portfolio as we kind of like went through them. So that was really useful. Within that process, however, I really started doubting myself. Like I even admitted to her that the type of career that I want to get into, I'm afraid that it's too late for me because I feel like I may be too old. And she kind of looked at me like dumbfounded, like what does she mean? And I told her, listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. I am 33 years old. It seems for me now I'm so late in the game that I'm trying to compete with 20-something-year-olds that is fresh out of college and may have already taken the courses from when they were in school. And meanwhile, I'm literally doing it in a self-taught process because 
I found out later in life that maybe this is something that I really wanted to do and now I'm having to do all of this work by myself. It's not like I have a professor that's showing me in every class, every week, what needs to be done. So she said, first of all, get that thought process out of your mind. You are not too old to get into the career if that's what you really want to do. All it matters is that you put in the work and you put in the time and that it reflects in your portfolio. Just a little tidbit, when it comes to portfolios, and this is what she's what she's told me because she's been in the advertising industry for a really long time, so she knows her stuff. She did point out one thing when it comes to portfolios and that is make sure the messages that you're trying to give to the person who's who's going to look at your portfolio, make sure that it's clear. Make sure that your work is targeted towards the career or the position that you want to be in and try not to just throw a whole bunch of stuff that you've done over time if some of it doesn't reflect or doesn't relate to what you're trying to do now. That's just a little tidbit. I know I'm not the only person in their 30s that has struggled with finding their purpose and finding what makes them happy and finding that that dream job or that dream career position to be in. Because when you're a person like myself that was allowed to express their creativity from since they were a kid, and then they go through high school, and then they go through college, and then when you finish college, you're just like, what now? What do I do? Because life done hit me and I don't know where to turn and I don't want to disappoint my parents. I want to make my parents proud just like I want to make myself proud. I want to feel like I have achieved something worthy, but I don't know where to go. I feel like I keep taking steps or I keep landing in detours or roadblocks and it seems like I'm not even getting closer to my goals. So I said all that to say it's harder. I know it's it's hard out there. But to be honest, don't doubt yourself just because you you feel like because you are of a certain age that, you know, you can't do it. Yes, you're going to have to compete with other people. So we talked briefly about what imposter syndrome is. So now let's get to the nitty gritty. There are five personalities or five groups or categories Um, for those that fall into the whole spectrum of imposter syndrome. I believe that I am a mix of the two, and so I'll talk about which mix I am, and, and maybe you are too, who knows. The first one, when you fall into that imposter syndrome, and this is an article taken from Glamour Magazine, so I'm just kind of like going over my notes and just expressing to you all what categories, what each category means. So the first one is, the perfectionist. So it's basically someone who they set like these super high expectations for themselves and, and for the average person it seems like it's so unachievable because you know that's like like why are you putting so much pressure on yourself? They put all these high expectations for themselves not realizing that you know there's a slim chance that things may not go their way and so they take they take even the little losses as a huge loss. Like everything has to be perfect from point A to point Z. Not think of small lo- losses as big losses. Like it's okay if sometimes things just don't work out 
all the way that you have planned it. Maybe that roadblock was needed because then now your results would have turned out even better than what you expected. That's the first type. So you have the perfectionist. The second one is what she called Dr. Young. She calls the natural genius. These are people who have been excelling since they were little. They were at the top of their class. They, you know, got all the straight A's and all that. And then as they get older, they realize that, you know, the achievements are a little bit harder to achieve. <laughs> of course, that's when life hits. They sh- People who fall into this category, they basically struggle with the idea that it doesn't come easy like breathing like it probably felt that way initially but now it's like you feel like you have to work twice as hard to get to the results that you want the outcomes that you want so they in turn feel like they're not good enough and and because of that they tend to suffer i believe i may fall into that type two category or the natural genius category so because like i said you express yourself from young you have all these fresh ideas and you want to explore creatively you know when you're a young kid and then when you transition through college and then when you finish college and then when life hits and you're just like man like how the heck am I going to make it now like how am I going to prove my success and then oftentimes you struggle with it so that's the second category the third category is what she call rugged individualists so with the rugged individualists, these people, I know one particular friend who really fits in this category. I, I don't know if maybe she has adjusted to changing that, but it's called the rugged individualists. And these are people who often struggling with asking for help. These are the people that feel like they need to do it all. Or if they don't and they feel like they're asking for help, they feel like they they have not contributed solely 100%. And basically, it can feel like they're trying to take all the credit or they rather they want to take all the credit. And so asking for help is hard because then it appears as if they feel weak in some area and that they felt the need they had to ask someone for it because they just didn't know the information or the knowledge. That can be a struggle too because they don't want to appear as weak and they want to feel like they know what they're talking about or they know what they're doing. So that's another form of imposter syndrome. So the fourth category is what she called the expert. I believe I also fall into this category. So I, I mentioned natural genius for me and now the expert for me. So I feel personally with imposter syndrome, I'm a combination of both. The expert syndrome, excuse me, the expert uh, type is usually someone who they spend so much time like researching information on the topic, gathering all the information that they need on the topic, trying to find ways to, to gain new knowledge and to gain new skills. And then it seems as though you can't do it. <laughs> like when it's time to actually do the work, it seems like you can't do it. And it says here in the article that it can actually hold you back from, um, ooh, I don't know why I said it like that, from. (laughs) It can actually hold you back from applying for jobs if you don't meet all the criteria in the description. Um, And I'm reading this, I'm, I'm actually reading that part word for word. Or 
preventing you from speaking up in a seminar. It's weird because you gain all of these skills, you done all your research, you did all of this, you gain all this knowledge, but then when it's time to actually do to do, you still feel like in some way in the back of your mind, I'm not good enough for this. And I felt that a lot. And I know there's so many people that feel feel that way too, especially when it comes to the job application process. Now, let me say this. In my 20s, when I was applying for jobs, it felt so much more free and it felt so much easier to apply for jobs. I felt like, first of all, there was not as many applicants applying for that one job, I feel. That, that was just me. At least the ones that I were applying to. There was not as many applicants at the time, so it was less competition. The requirements that a lot of these jobs needed weren't as extreme. Now, there were some some positions, I'm not gonna say all companies were like that, but there were some positions that I saw in my 20s where they will say, we need someone with five to 10 years of experience doing this, 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 and this. But then said, well, we're gonna pay you this much. And you're just like, um, the math is not mathing here. Let, let's let's try this again. <laughs> so again, we talk about income issues, um, salary issues with, with these companies. And so, like I said, it seemed like that it wasn't as as many applicants trying to apply for the same job. So but to to put another to put it in perspective in another way, maybe it was the type of jobs I was applying for back then that it didn't feel like such a huge competition. Um, And like I said, jobs didn't really require as much. Now, major shift. Ever since I've hit 30, it seems like, uh, maybe I'm just looking at things from a whole new set of eyes, I don't know. But it seems like ever since I hit 30, the requirements that these companies are asking for are so massive that when you finally scroll through that whole the whole list of responsibilities and all the things that they require from an employee, it turns you off from even wanting to apply. So I think with the expert uh, personality type or the expert category, I feel that one could be kind of up in the air because again, you can say, you know what, I feel like I'm not good enough for this job. But then on the flip side with these companies and what they require from employees or potential employees, you're like, okay, are they asking for too much or am I just, are they asking for too much or am I just not giving enough? And I think that's where we're just kind of like on that slippery slope. But like I said, now the job requirements are massive. Even when I, even with me seeing the idea the idea of like a person has to work uh, five to 10 years. At least now I'm seeing that the income or the salary is a bit higher than what I was seeing before. And of course, times are different. Inflation, we, the cost of living. So everything has gone up and I, have, I am seeing some changes in that area with salary. I am also seeing companies wanting to be more transparent in terms of if this is going to be a hybrid position or if it's going to be completely on site. I say, I I remember someone telling me this a long time ago when I was in my 20s and they said, you know what? Sometimes it's two things. Sometimes it's not about what you know, but it's about who you know. And that's why it's so important to network with other people who may be working in the companies that you're trying to apply to. Try to get in good good footing with them, you know, 
uh, start up a conversation, just kind of look through and see whatever projects they've worked on, compliment their, their projects, tell them, hey, you're on a similar path, you're trying to do this, you want to work for this company, like, is there any tips or advice that they can give you in terms of like the application process? Was it difficult? Even if they're not like a recruiter, sometimes it's good to kind of mix and connect with people that are already working for that company so that you can kind of get a good feel of, of, of what the culture is about. So that's useful too. I would also say that imposter syndrome can really delay your goals. It can really delay the journey that you're meant to be on. The more time you spend with yourself thinking to yourself, I can't do this, I can't do that, you know what? You're just allowing the opportunity for someone who think they can to snatch up that opportunity that could have been yours. So that's just something that I've had to think about myself. Like, Crystal, you got to get out of this space and the idea that you're too old to get into the career choice or whatever, whatever. When you really think and you really look back on maybe like some of your favorite maybe fashion designers or filmmakers or photographers a lot of these people didn't really get into their careers until like mid 30s early 40s i'm not saying that you should wait to get into your career of course the sooner the better listen i'm learning the hard way myself but at the same time don't beat yourself up because you finally figured the out the path that you want to be on you finally figured out that this is it. This is the journey that you want to take. Why would you talk down to yourself? Why would you say to yourself all of these negative things about yourself just to psych yourself up from doing anything? With imposter syndrome, I often find, I oftentimes find it to, to be like a person who's carrying a defeatist mindset too. We psych ourselves up before we even get a chance to start anything. Like we can't be doing that. It, we shouldn't be doing that. Like. Not saying that the journey you take is going to be a bed full of roses. It's not. You're going to have some peaks and valleys in that too. So regardless if you choose path A or you choose path B, you got to choose a path. It's not going to be easy, but you have to choose a path. That is category number four. So I personally believe with me, I am a combination of expert and genius. Only because when the real life hit, I was literally trying to say to myself, okay, clearly my achievements are not hitting as much as they used to. So now I feel like I have to work twice as hard to um, get to my goals. And then in terms of like expert, collecting all this knowledge, collecting all this knowledge, but still psyching myself out from doing it. And I feel like too, that can also tiptoe on procrastinating because I feel like we could do all this work. You've done all the research. You've you've learned all the basic skills that you need to do. So why aren't you starting that project? Are you scared? Are you fearful of not starting? Are you fearful that people won't like your work? Are you fearful of being rejected or criticized? We all do. I had to learn this myself sometimes. This is something that I still sometimes struggle with just for transparency purposes. I think it's important that knowing ourselves and knowing the work, depending on what field we're in, we're, we're in, knowing the work that it takes to get to where we have to go, it's just a matter of doing. Don't even think about it, just do it. And I know that could be debilitating in terms of just like sitting there and just letting time pass because you're just like, is this good enough? Am I good enough? 
I don't know if I'm good enough. I feel like there's so many other people out there that are better than me, that have better work than me. Listen, they have their own journey to take just as much as you do. You don't know the journey that it took for them to get there. Just like they don't know the journey you had to take to get to where you have to go. Your journey is your journey. Follow it. Follow your path. And the final category is called what she calls, Dr. Young calls, the superhero. The superhero is someone who basically, it seems like they're kind of a little bit like the perfectionist, the first one, because it says here that they push themselves to work harder than everyone else and that their expectations are higher than others and sometimes they feel overwhelmed overwhelming need to succeed in every element of their lives so this is where i'm saying like i feel like that's kind of like the perfectionist um role and so if they feel like one of these areas or, or multiple areas in their lives are not strong then that's where the imposter syndrome sets in and they feel like they're, they're just not good enough as a person uh, and that one is a, that one can be a little dangerous because that affects your self-esteem it affects your worthiness it affects how you talk to yourself, how you talk about yourself to others, like a like a a self like a self defeating kind of behavior, uh, a pessimist, if you will. If things just if every element of your life is just not in order, and so it says here that it can actually eventually lead to burnout. So I believe that at one point in time, many people have encountered like some sort of imposter syndrome, but it was just a way of how we responded to it, whether we overworked ourselves to the point of burnout or we felt like we couldn't ask for help or because we uh, did all this research and knowledge and then when it was time to actually put into action, we didn't do a damn thing or, you know, so, so stuff like that. And I feel like with imposter syndrome, like it's so common, but it's so important for us to not beat ourselves up about it, about what we're trying to achieve and to simply just do. Going back to the story with my mentor, when she told me that I shouldn't think that way, like don't think that way because you are a certain age and you're trying to get in your career. Like that doesn't matter and it shouldn't matter. The, 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 the companies are not going to care about that. They're going to care about the quality of work and, and the work that you have contributed and, and put in so that they can say, you know what, this is the person that that I want to hire. So it, it's it's just a matter of you know thinking in that that mind frame. Now speaking of present day with the job market and how a lot of these companies want to be more transparent now that I think New York has passed that new law or something like that where they have to reveal the salaries. I, I think personally it's a great idea. I can't tell you how many times when I apply for jobs in my 20s where I'm applying for this job, I see all of these credentials that the person needs in order to apply for this job and potentially have the position. I've seen all the requirements that they need. And then when you go through the interview, you, you do the whole back and forth, answering, asking questions. And then when it's time for them to put an offer on the table, they give you this really insulting offering. You just be like, I felt like this was a waste of time. So I think too, understanding imposter syndrome is knowing your worth. It is knowing your worth. Knowing that you are good enough. Knowing that yes, you will have to put in maybe some sacrifices and sacrifices can be either time or it can be money, or it can be a combination, but you're gonna have to put some sort of sacrifice in there to get to the goals that you need to, to, to 
build that momentum, if you will, to reach that pivotal moment where you can say, you know what, I am finally at the place where I am in terms of my career. I, um, what I did was I, I came across this fortune cookie, I know a fortune cookie, and I thought it was so cute because I said, hmm, this is going to influence me to, to kind of share this idea of imposter syndrome and why we always fall into this trap so often and how it takes us a long time to get out of that space. And like I said, it's a combination of procrastinating, not feeling worthy enough, not feeling good enough, not feeling like we have enough knowledge or skills, not feeling like the perfect person that we claim in our minds that we're supposed to be. No, everyone is going to make mistakes. Everyone's uh, work will need some sort of improvement along the way. So <laughs> let's not beat ourselves up every time we see something that we want to have, but subconsciously feel like we're not deserving of it. Let's not do that to ourselves. So this fortune cookie, it was so random, but I thought it was so interesting to kind of close out this episode for today. It says, this life is yours. Some of it was given to you, the rest you made yourself. I'm going to end this episode here. I would like to thank you so much for listening and tuning in to this week's episode. As always, like, share, and subscribe. Put those ratings up there. The higher the ratings, the more people can see and hear about the show, the more they, that they can tune in. Thank you again. And until next time, take care.